Welcome back to our beloved marriage podcast here at Celebration Church. Once again, I am Brooklyn Clark, your host, joined here by our lead pastors, Brandon and Krista Clark. Welcome back, guys. Whoop, whoop. Glad Hello. to be back. Here for episode two. Yes. Love in any language, the five love languages is what we're going to be getting into this time, which is a really awesome topic and it's a very hot topic. It so. is. I'm very interested in learning about how... It was life-changing for me. Yeah. And before we get started, I want to say, Uaini. What is that? Come on, I just told you I love you. That was in Chinese. Aren't you something? Were you not wooed? Over, just speechless. (laughs) I guess it's one of those things that uh, the truth is, if you're communicating love, but you don't, the other one doesn't understand it. Um, it kind of is, kind of falls on deaf ears. Yeah, you got to so be speaking the same you language. You got to be speaking the same language. You got to be communicating in a way that they get it, and that's kind of the whole point of the five love languages. And so, all right, we yeah, get into that. So we're talking about the five love languages. So what are those five love languages? Well, the first one that I would start off with is words of affirmation. And words of affirmation just, they're those attaboy, girl words so that good. you can give to someone that is, it's, I don't want to say it's a boost, but yes, it gives them that encouragement, the love, the the thing that says that you're for them. Um, around our house, we have quite a few who are words of affirmation and sometimes <clears throat> it thinks, you, it comes across as you're just having to constantly boost somebody up or whatever. But it's it's one of those things that people, when they, I mean, all the five love languages, every one of them are very important. But this is one that can be overlooked just for because it seems like you're just, um, you have to go overboard with what you're saying. Like, oh, you're so great. Oh, you did such a good job. It just... It's not like you can take out the trash or clean somebody's rug and that be telling them that you love them. But it's, you know, something that you feel like you're just constantly having to think of something new to say because you already said the thing (laughs) that you just said five times. And so, but words, people need to hear the words. People do need to hear words. That's a little bit of stroke in the (laughs) ego. That's guys defending the words, guys. you, You need, you need the words. In fact, scripture says in Proverbs 16, 24, gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. He likes that scripture. That's he a good really one. It, it is. It is sweet to my soul and healing to my bones when when you're sweet to me with your words. I'm sweet to you. I call you cutie all the time. Oh, you're so sweet. It's a word of affirmation. Yes. And so the second one that we would talk about are acts of service. Um, these are... Some people see them as honeydews or chore lists, but someone who speaks acts of service, the things that you do for them, um, your actions just speak so loud. If they're the ones who are constantly, you know, taking care of things and making sure everything is done, Mm. they also need to be seen. That needs to be appreciated and seen as that they're doing, taking care of things for you. So it's not just that you're speaking their language, but that you're understanding the language that they're speaking this is not one for me. And so I feel like that if you take the trash out, 
that you should not get a, hey, you're so awesome. We took the trash <laughs> out because it's half your trash. Like that's expected. Yes. And but so I, but I felt awesome when I took it out. <laughs> I'm sure you did. But and you didn't tell me to take it out. That's right. There's this, this thing in Come our home now. that we laugh about because one day Brandon took the trash out and we, I don't know, later on had a little, we exchanged words of some kind and. He was like, but I took the trash out. And I was like, it's freaking your trash. You should take it out. But the thing is, is that in all honesty, even at that, it should be seen as appreciation and not For sure. just. Mm-hmm. For sure. A chore or whatever. It is. And then I'm not a big high acts of service person either. So in our home, the dishes are just the dishes. Yeah. It's not love to anybody. Um, but in some homes, um, the dishes aren't just the dishes. They are their love and, and neglecting them is hurtful and doing them is something that is seen as a blessing. And of course, um, we see all of these love languages validated in the scriptures and first John three eighteen says, dear ch- children, let us not love with words or speech. It's kind of my preference there, but with actions and in truth. And so action does need to be put behind it. And so um, it is a, a real, genuine love language. Well, the truth is, is that in acts of service, we are also called to serve each other, not just in your own home or in your household, but also through your church, through everything that you do, but also to our community and to the world. And sure. so it can't be discounted because it's not a a um, language that you speak, pri- you know, a primary love language, but it is a big deal. And it is something that we're called to do on so many different levels. And it needs to be seen as that. Mm-hmm. It does. It does. Um, the next one would be gift giving. Um, gift giving is hard. It's hard to be seen as a true language of love and not a language of um, waste or uh, materialistic, as some people would call those of us who speak the gift-giving language. Um, There's a true sense of being, I don't even want to know, I don't even know what you would call it, fulfilled maybe for lack of better words, in going to the store and seeing something that reminds you of someone and you purchase that for them and take it to them, that it does something for not only the gift giver, but also the receiver. That's a language that can be spoken uh, obviously either way. For sure. But to be the one who is the gift giver, it's there's a fulfillment there. There is a place where you're showing your love in that. Yes, and this is... Uh what my absolute lowest one. I'm not an amazing gift giver. Um, I do appreciate a gift, but I don't go over the moon about them. And uh, there are other primary love languages. And so as uh, people in our household, that it's a little higher on the rank than me, uh, namely cutie. And so uh, for a long time, this was a point of contention between the two of us because I just did not recognize it as what it was. That Dad it w- receives gifts like it's just nothing. Like he could actually mean it, but his face is like, oh, oh that's cool. 
Thanks, babe. <laughs> she's like, I am trying to show you um, love here. And he's like, awesome. <laughs> Thanks Could you so have not much. spent my money? That had been a gift. That's what he <laughs> says. <laughs> I, I'm getting better. He, getting, you have gotten better. I am getting better. But it is a place where, because it is not remotely my native yeah. language, that it is that Wu-Aini moment where you're like love is being communicated and i've got to go to a mandarin dictionary to try to figure out translate what this just, what just happened here and and so but i'm getting better and from the aspect of last episode where we talked about paying attention i think this is where the gift giving thing really comes in play is that um to be a good gift giver you have to pay you have to be a a noticer you have to pay attention you notice what people value what maybe they need notice that they say hey i would like this thing and and i have learned that that has why gift giving is so vital because it's not the thing it's the fact that you paid attention to my wants my needs my desires and then you took action upon it and so i've tried to be i've tried to be a little better i always say gift giving is a sport to me it's like yeah, I feel like you take, you get recon, you know, and you kind of like plan out and surprise and, and then you kind of win whenever they're like, yes, this is something I wanted. And then you lose when they're like, oh. Well, you are the best gift giver of our children. Thank you. Brooklyn you puts a lot of thought into, I, I enjoy into gift her things. She's an amazing it, gift it is a, it is a sport for her. It is the the hunt to find it and oh this would be awesome they would love it and it's it's a little hard because there's a trend right now and in people where they're like i don't want to get presents like i don't want to receive things if you ask almost anybody whose gift giving is not one of their love languages they're like i would rather not receive a gift so then you're like how am I supposed to use my gift giving love language here? But I think it's just when you when you are a gift giver, you find something meaningful and it's like it's very impactful. So what's sure. our scripture on? For sure. Yes. And, and this gift is giving. what what really one of the things on top of the the whole love language analysis, which we'll talk about maybe at the end of this thing. Um, that just from a scriptural aspect, this really helped me understand this whole concept a little better and and understand cutie um, because Jesus says, for where your treasure is, um, there your heart will be also, there in Matthew 6, 21. And that is really what the gift is the representative of. It's that my heart's with you. Yeah. Um, my heart's paying attention to that's you. My good. heart's leaning into you. And and so and that's, that's why it is so significant and meaningful. And that's why it hurts when a gift giver gives a gift and they get the Brandon Clark Oh, thanks. And so, um, because I just like threw your heart on the ground. And so, um, I don't like that. I don't like that either. But that's, but that's just three of the five love languages. Okay. So the fourth one is physical touch. This one is probably my, as we all know, my least favorite. It is the bottom of the barrel for me. Um, but this one is, you know, the hugs and the, our boys are, we have three boys and our boys are extremely um, big into hugging. Mom, hold me. And they're 24 years old. How do I hold them <laughs> at 6'2 and I'm 5'3? I'm, I haven't figured this one out yet. That's but funny. they're very into those hug me, hold me, um, scratch my back, tickle my back. All of those things just it somehow um, is a huge 
need for them. And um, it doesn't have to be anything that puts you in a compromising situation with anyone. Truly just a side hug or a pat on the back or those kind of things can meet this need as well. But when it's your spouse, it's a little different. For sure. The physical touch is, is a big deal. And that is one of my highest ones, words of affirmation and physical touch are right there together. So you say, hey, Brandon, you're awesome. Give me a hug. Ma'am, I love Tank. It's nice and full. And, um, you know, not everybody is, is wired that way. But we see physical touch um, on so many fronts. I mean, a high five is this shared moment of deal. And I want to make contact. I want to touch you. Um, you know, me and our, our boys, you know, we will do the the rough hugs, the punch in the arms, the just the the gruff stuff. But we're all making contact, and that we're we're wired for that. Whether it was the leper who was not allowed to be touched, um, and as Jesus showed His compassion and His love for the for the leper, that He reached out and touched the leper, and and recognized that. Um, you know, that that need was genuine. And of course, healing came out of that. But even in Second Corinthians uh, 3.12, this is weird in our culture. Um, but you have to remember this was written in another culture. But it says, but still the premise is the truth. It says, greet one another with a holy kiss. And this is talking just about church people. I'm going to pass on that one. <laughs> yeah, yes, we don't. Uh, if you're checking Celebration Church out, we do not pass out holy kisses in the foyer um but we just might give you a hug if you're and certainly a high five or a handshake and so there will be some sort of potential um greeting contact and so and it's it's meaningful it's it's this shared expression this is why people want to hold hands and do these different things because it is an expression it's an expression of love and then the fifth one The fifth one would be quality time. Now, this one is the highest for me. I love for um, to just get together with people, my friends, our family. I love family nights. I like it when we're all sitting around the table or all around um, the island in the kitchen and the volume gets really loud. And that part is a little rough for me. But that means that everybody is there and they are wanting to share their life, their their minutes with me or with each other. And that means a lot to me. It's, mm-hmm. it's, um, I feel like talk is cheap and anybody could give you a hug, but to actually spend time with someone, it costs you something. And that's a big deal to me. Uh, quality time, um, is a legitimate one. And, um, that one is, second to bottom for me and so um i not that i am a loner by any means um, i'm an extrovert and i like people uh, but that is just not simply my high list of quality time and uh, i've had to learn uh how vital and important that is and that the quality part um is important and so it's not just time spent together but if your mind is somewhere else and you're physically there then it's just as hurtful it has to be has to be quality time and to a certain degree um there's got to be a should at moments be a little bit of personal sacrifice involved and so it's not that you fit me in when it when there was a gap in your schedule um, but you made a gap. You you put something aside 
and you made a you made a gap and you know and I I've had to I've had to learn this especially as a as a guy who can stay have too much on his plate sometimes um I don't I've not always done a very good job with this and so uh, we see again in Scripture, Acts 2.46, that uh, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. What a beautiful picture of community that we see in this time that was pre-digital age, pre-electronic age, that they just gathered together. Somehow the word got out, whose house are we at tonight? And they ate in homes and had glad and sincere hearts and um, they spent quality time together and that was one of the bedrock pieces of the early church and mm-hmm. um, I think that's one of the places that just church life in general is missed because we can make time on Sunday morning and yeah those are important um, but the quality time really takes place in more of a small group setting more of yeah. a let's you know, let's get together. Let's talk about what's going on in our lives. Let's, you know, let's pray for one another. Um, you know, and even Jesus promised this place of quality time and, and connection there. Is it, his last words in Matthew twenty eight twenty says, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And so he recognized there's a deep need and desire for us to have that presence and that connection. Um, and so, um, these love languages are our big deal. In fact, our culture's number one expression of love uh, is a wedding, mm-hmm. you know, where everybody comes together and at every wedding, all five love languages are expressed, all of them at every wedding. Of course, the words of affirmation, you've got the vows, you've got the commitments, you've got all of those different um, moments. Of course, everybody's dressed up. So there's tons of, oh, you look so beautiful. You look so amazing. All of those different things. Um, also on the next piece is, is um, of course, quality time is there. You've invited all your friends and family. If, if you're a quality time person, you know, getting married, that wedding is just an amazing moment for you because everybody that you uh, care for um, you know, of course, there's the physical touch, you know, hey, you may kiss the bride, there you go. And so they're holding hands during the vows, um, gift giving, you bring gifts to the couple, they exchange the rings, these gifts, uh, there's the acts of service where somebody is filling the punch bowl, somebody is bringing out the cake, somebody is doing all of these different things and whatever their love language was, the couple um, they felt loved that day wow. uh, on whatever, whatever their love language was. Every wedding has all five in full tilt. and That's really cool. And so it's, uh, it's kind of a cool thing. That's really cool. So here we've talked about all the five love languages. And we've kind of seen a, um, a pattern here is that, um, Mom, your highest love languages are dad's lowest love languages and vice versa and so dad's highest are mom's lowest so what do you do here like what is this what are some of the tensions that happen when your love languages are not only don't match but seem to be your two highest and lowest are your two well your two lowest or your two highest and you know so what do y'all do here how do y'all how do y'all deal with this until google translate 
figures out how to do the love language translation. <laughs> oh, then I'm really hoping for that that upgrade soon. That would be uh, awesome. So, but until then, um, man, I tell you what, you just really, really have to pay back to that. Pay attention. Yeah. Um, learn to to value what the other one is bringing. And honestly, this was a real place of tension. Um, for us, um, and we didn't do the love language assessment and didn't even understand this until we'd been married for about eight years. And man, I tell you what, there were some places where she was frustrated at me, um, that the love language at least said, okay, here's kind of yeah where why we're missing before there was a name to yes, it. It was just it was a frustration. Like, was, that's all it was. Um, and then me towards her. And so, um, and I've had to, I've had to, to learn to be able to, um, to function and operate in those places where there, there could be tension. And so thankfully, even though our love languages don't match, well, the, probably the ones I've seen, that's the biggest tension. If someone is top one is acts of service and their bottom one is quality time and the other one's highest is quality time and their bottom one is acts of service because both of them can try to be communicating love towards one another and completely oh my gosh and feel not just they miss it they actually feel slighted yeah actually feel offended at one another and the other person trying to bring and show love and my the best example of that is just um the after dinner dishes you know you sit down you've had a meal you know you're there at the house and there's always dishes always and so at our house it's always dishes always always dishes always laundry and so the acts of service person it's like i love you so much let me handle this you know, you go yeah. and relax, you go and chill, and I'm just going to knock this out. And, of course, an acts of service person, it's not slide them through a little stream of water with junk hanging off of them. No, they got to pretty much wash them. Then they put them in the washer just right, and then they close it up, and then they wipe down the countertops, and they wipe down the stove, and they just pretty much everything mop the floor. The kitchen is pristine. And that's them just showing love. Well, if they're married to a quality time person, they're like, I just got banished. Yeah, just, why aren't you hanging I, out I with want me? You, just come. The dishes, we'll take care of those later. Just come sit in here and let's watch our show. And the active pers- service person is like, are you serious? You know, I, I'm trying to do this for you. And the other person's like, why can you not? Are the dishes more important than me? You're so focused on having a clean kitchen you don't care that we haven't seen each other all day mm-hmm. and then they're just going and they're both trying to show love one hey just come sit with me just come let's just talk let's just the dishes aren't a big deal and the other one's like oh my gosh you know and then you do the dishes and they walk in and why are you all pouty at me i just poured love out all over yeah. that kitchen and no, i didn't ask you to and do you're that. just pouting because we didn't watch your show. You're just lazy, you know, and, and all these different things. And so you can see this real place of tension when they don't match. And uh, and so th- there can be significant places of tension. I think that no matter if you're not speaking the same love language, it doesn't matter which one you're speaking. They're all going to cause an area of frustration 
um, until you understand what it, what you're doing for that person. Um, the biggest tensions that I see are when you're just not willing to see a compromise and each love language or each couple when they're speaking their language, love languages have to have some kind of just a compromise. One can't be more important than the other. Is that what you guys have done is just like found in every love language that you differ a compromise? Is that kind of how you guys? I think that it's like, for me, it's paying attention to what, how she, that, how she says, I love you. I love you comes across with the different words. Like it'll say, do you want to go to Target? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe I had something else I was going to handle or I was going to do something on the computer and, and I didn't want to go to Target. And so, but her saying, do you want to go to Target means get out of here and spend some time with me, Yeah, you know? And so we didn't need anything at Target and we're just going to go, or do you want to go for a walk for a long time? I did not understand that her saying you want to go on a walk meant I I just want I just need some love and I want Mm -hmm. to show you some love and that that's what that's what she was saying it was the same thing as me walking up and saying I love you you're so amazing you're the best um her saying that was do you want to go on a walk and I didn't get that and so I've learned if she says you want to go on a walk I say yes every time I just made a decision. We should just go with that. You say yes all the time. <laughs> no matter what I'm asking. Uh, maybe, we, maybe we'll get that in the next 20 minutes. So, uh, Mom, earlier you said talk is cheap. Have you learned to find value in words because that is dad's number one? I have language? learned to find value. It took me It took me a bit. It That one was a struggle for me. And just the fact that... It's easy to say, hey, I think you're great and you're awesome as you're walking out the door and leaving for the day or you're, um, you've been gone all day and you come in to change your clothes or grab food and you're running out to another thing for the evening and somebody is, you know, you're not going together or whatever. It was always just very, um, I just saw it as it was such an easy way. It was a cop out. It was an easy way to get out of, oh, I have to go, but I love you and you're so wonderful and blah, 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 blah. It's all I heard because, because I wasn't included. And in words of affirmation, there has to be a place where it's, I had to see the value of it. Yes. He was saying that he loved me. Yes, he was saying, I I really do believe that he thought I was awesome. Who else could stay home and stay home all day and all night with all the kids and all of that? I mean, I had to be some form of awesome. But at the same time, I had to find, I did have to find the value in the fact that he was speaking love to me in that. For sure. And so, and that is it. That is how we have, we've learned and and that when those moments are said, even though it does not trigger the emotion in us, um, we go, oh, that's, that's what's happening here and be able to, to connect it. Um, just like if somebody's an acts of service person, if an acts of service person asks you for help, they're saying, I need some love. Yeah. 
And so, because an acts of service person will do everything within their power to do it all themselves. Yeah, not ask for help. And they will not. And if they're asking for help, um, they are, I mean, they're saying, I need some love. I need some, that you're on my side on this deal. And to not take that seriously um, hurts their feelings, you know, and, you know, to, to not spend quality time hurts their feelings to, you know, somebody who's, you know, a place of touch closeness. You don't get those hugs and stuff. It hurts their feelings. And so um, when you don't match, one of the things that I, I've used when I talk to men, um, uh, not all guys are into cars, but I am. And so I just kind of put that onto the guys that uh, um, I had uh, learned a long time ago that there were the, the number one top fuel dragsters that just will do a quarter mile in four point something seconds and cross it at over three cross the, the the lights at over 300 miles an hour that they have a supercharger set on top of there that helps it to to do what it needs to do and that a regular dodge hemi v8 which is a, a cool engine um a typical one doesn't have enough horsepower to turn the supercharger and so that when i'm talking to a guy who's his love language doesn't match his wife's that um all of a sudden he thinks he throws a little token thing of quality time at his wife or a little act or a little gift over here and he thinks he's just fired up the supercharger and man all of a sudden she's just feeling super loved and all that i'm like buddy you don't have enough horsepower to fire up her supercharger on that it's like you so um so in that um i you know, I learned, I used to think that, you know, I would take a little bit of time and give that to your mom. And like, I was like, you know, Ooh, I just did amazing. Um, I just went from like a one to a four on a scale of 10. I thought I hit 10 because it's not my native language. Yeah. I thought I was like fluent and amazing. And that's, I think the biggest thing is that, um, when you begin to learn the love languages you need to begin to learn how to be lavish in their language and they're not really going yeah. to appreciate until you learn to be able to be lavish in their language and it's not what you think it is yeah i think that that's that thing of when you think you've spoken it enough you have just maybe barely begin to speak it to them to where they hear it i think that in most instances that repetitiveness gets old it gets boring and I've done this and I've done that in the one who's trying to speak that language that's how they feel but in all honesty you need to go even further it needs to go even more um, because they're just beginning to hear you when you feel like you've spoken it enough or you know like oh my gosh this should just be you should just be like, so your love tank should be so filled and you're just now getting to where your love tank may just have found it. You've just found it. And so that going overboard and being repetitive, when you feel like you've done enough, you you need to understand it's just scratching the surface for them. So when you guys were first figuring out y'all's love languages, um, personally and just for each other, did y'all make it a point to like point out moments where you're like, okay, this is their love language they're showing to me. Like when you were learning it and like learning, okay, 
her love language is quality time. So then you'd be like, did you try and make it a thing, you know, like where you purposefully think about those things? Yes. Yes. I've had those moments where, um, began to, to make sure I began to, to speak that. And, you know, and because there can be a, a drought, um, you know, if you have like some parched land and, you know, you dump a cup of water on it, um, it's not going to sit there and pool and look like this luscious, you know, I'm going to dive into this, you mm-hmm. know, it just drinks it up and it looks like it's thirsty for more. And at times it, it early on, it was like, you know, um, I'm going to have to quit my job to be able to do, <laughs> to do quality, quality time. time. Um, I don't see anything wrong with that. <laughs> and so, um, and so, but you know, uh, you know, I need a job so that I can sprinkle some gifts in there too. And so we got to have some resources here and, and, you know, and so for her, you know, she would tell me, you know, Hey, Bran, you're awesome. And it was like, I just a sponge soaking up. Like, oh, 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 come on, keep going. More adjective, please. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, oh my gosh, seriously. I've just, you know, I've just woken the beast on this deal. Um, and so, um, what I've worked with couples uh, in the past is um, what I've called the benchmarking exercise, where um, I tell them, okay, in, in the next two weeks, pick a day, a random day, don't tell them, and just start speaking their love language on purpose and watch to see when they begin to notice. Oh, wow. And usually it works if they know it's coming. And I say, okay, no, with the couple, hey, you know, don't just silently drink it in. As soon as you notice, pipe up because they like start soaking yeah, it in. Yeah, it's just like mm-hmm, I, I'm not going to say I, anything. Yeah, I don't want them to turn it off. And so, uh, but so many times when, when they do that, I always talk to them in, in the debrief and say, "Hey, um, did they notice when you thought they would notice?" Always, it's nope. It was just fresh air. It was just. Mm-hmm. It was just like, okay, this is kind of the way life should be. Yeah, should be. It wasn't like, oh, man, you are loading up my love language here. And so they can see what it takes to fire up the supercharger. Okay, this is where it goes. They go, oh, wow, you are being lavish with this love language in my life. And so and see, okay, let's I need to keep this a lot fuller. I need to be a lot more intentional with this than I thought. And so. So with that, um, I, I think that's one of the purpose things is, is do some reconnaissance. I mean, you talked about gift giving, you know, figuring it out. I, you've got to learn the other person's love language. Yeah, it's um, one of those things. Again, it's just you have to just keep on doing it till you find and the level as to which then it speaks to them. But also at the same time, you're going to see that some days are different and you're not going to have to do much to speak it. And then there will be days that you have to speak. If you feel like that's all you're doing is spending quality time or cleaning the house or their car or whatever. I mean, acts of service are so many, so much is included in that, but it, it'll feel like, wow, I didn't have to do much yesterday, but today it's like, I like, yes, like we're in a drought and that just comes with life. Those days are different for each person and and our needs change or the amount that we need each day changes and so you can't go off of well it was good that I spent five minutes with you yesterday but today you need four hours what the heck it's 
it's how it works. This is, this is life. It's, it's how it works. And, um, I would like to add that when you're in the midst of discussing, Hey, um, you know, I noticed that you're, you're doing this, or I noticed that you're, um, that I did notice that you're speaking my love language or whatnot a, w- a while back. It's been a while, but, uh, Brandon and I were talking one day and he was like, I don't even know. Do you want me to drop you off at the door? Or do you want to ride or do you want to park, want to ride with me and park the car? Do you want to? And I told him, I said, in all honesty, I'll be real honest. I don't want you to ever quit asking would you like me to drop you off at the door so you don't have to walk? But I want it to be okay that some days I say yes and some days I say, no, I'll, I'd rather w- go with you and park the car and walk with you because it's whatever I'm needing in, the, in that moment. But I don't want it to be that because I said no today that tomorrow and the rest of tomorrow's you never ask again because I said, no, I would like to ride with you one time. That is going to change what each person needs and the amount of it is going to change. But each person needs to be able to discuss and freely communicate. Today may be a little different, but don't quit asking on the days to come. Don't quit, you know, putting that honor there on however it goes. You know, some days brand needs to hear, hey, thank you so much for doing so great and providing for our home and providing for our family. And oh, you're awesome. And oh, you're great. And oh, you're blah, blah, blah. And then there's days that just giving him a hug just means more to him than hearing those words. I have to be open to hearing what he's saying to me. And that doesn't mean that because yesterday words were great that I never have to do give him a hug or a pat him on the back and tell him he's awesome. I mean, those things just kind of work together. It just, it's just going to be like that. Frustrating as it may be when you understand it and you're willing to put the time into it, everything takes some time. Everything is going to take your focus that when you're willing to do that, it's going to work well. That is good. That's the truth. And so with that, the kind of our closing thought on this is that obviously, you know, for marriages to be strong, they're built on on a foundation of uh, uh, of love and self sacrifice. And with this area of love languages, um, how tragic is it for two people to love one another, to be communicating love to one another, and the other ones just not get it? Um, I mean, what what a, a horrible tragedy. Um, where there to be genuine love and they're just not getting it. And somehow, even in that, um, hurting one another while trying to communicate love. And so these love languages are vital. Obviously, agreement, but you've got to keep the love tanks full. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for uh, sharing about y'all's love languages. If you have not taken the love language test, you can find that at fivelovelanguages.com. They have a specific test for married couples. So please go on the website. Y'all do the test together. Figure out what your love languages are. And then maybe listen back again. And so you can specifically dive in um, to your love language specifically. And if you have any questions, please email us at celebrate at celebrationchurchlive.com. 
Thank you so much for joining and we will talk to you in the next episode. Have a good one.